This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 358. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have you with us once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we cover the major leaks and rumors about the upcoming phones from Apple, Samsung, Huawei, and Google. The NBN achieves one gigabit per second on HFC, and the latest Xbox has been unveiled, but it doesn't take discs. In the Tech Guide Reviews, we're going to check out the new Sony noise-cancelling earphones. We take a look at the RHA wireless flight adapter that allows you to use wireless headphones with the in-flight entertainment system. And we also run our eye over the device that's both a USB hub and an SSD drive. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, it's already been quite a year for smartphones. So the first half of 2019, we've seen a few releases, the Galaxy phones and Huawei P30 Pro, amongst many others. But guess what? The second half of 2019, I think, is going to be even bigger. Plenty of rumours, plenty of devices we already know about. So not rumours, but we're just waiting for them to be released. But uh, a lot of whispers, a lot of leaks from... Apple, from Samsung, Huawei, Google as well. Uh, These are the four major companies that are going to be releasing devices in the second half of the year. And we're going to go through everything we know about them, all the leaks, all the rumors, all the photos or alleged photos uh, that that we've seen. We're going to put them all together for you right now. We're going to kick off with Samsung. Now, the Galaxy Fold is something we know about. We were were at the launch back in February. Uh, Did have a delay, though. Suffered some issues when it was given out to early reviewers and influencers in the U.S. There were a couple of issues. Uh, uh, some of them mistook the top layer of the folding screen to be a screen protector and some of them ripped that off and ruined the phone. Uh, there were other issues with the fold as well and Samsung withdrew the phone, delayed the launch and they claim, I've read that they're, they're happy with it now, all those issues have been addressed and they're going to release it within the next couple of months. Uh, the device has a 4.6 inch outer display So when it's folded, the tiny display on the outside, then it opens up like a book, and then you get a 7.3-inch dynamic AMOLED display with a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. And when folded, the device is 17 millimetres thick, which is pretty big, but only 6.9 millimetres when unfolded. Now, I have not got my hands on this device. I've seen it in the flesh, but haven't touched it or used it. Uh, I'll be really curious to see that. But we can expect to see the Galaxy Fold within the next two to three months. But that brings us to our next device, though, because it's going to clash, perhaps, with the launch of the Galaxy Note 10. Again, there has been a lot of leaks, a lot of rumours around the Note 10. It's going to be actually unveiled in New York on August the 7th, which is August 8th in Australia. I'm actually going to be in New York for Unpacked, which is what Samsung call their launch events uh, for the Galaxy Note 10. And again, we don't know for sure, but this close to launch, the the rumours and the leaks are, are pretty spot on. They're pretty consistent. Uh, from what we're hearing, there's going to be not one but two 
Galaxy Note 10 devices, so the normal device, which will have a 6.3-inch screen, and they'll have a Plus variant as well, which will reportedly take the screen size up to 6.75 inches. That's a big phone. And of course, as they are every year, the Note 10 is an absolute powerhouse. It will be. It'll have a new processor, a massive battery, I think 4,500 milliamp hour battery. And of course, you're going to get the S Pen, so you can write and draw on the, on the AMOLED panel. Uh, now, the, the, the leaked images that I've seen uh, have a hole punch screen, a single hole punch, so there's a front-facing camera. On the back are three cameras. And the design appears to be a little bit more curved. So it's going to have that curved screen, which it had before, to give you that edge-to-edge infinity display. But it appears that the back, rather than being flat and straight, they're going to have also have curved edges as well. So it's going to have that kind of rounded look if, uh, if these leaked images are accurate, though. But Samsung, yeah, plenty, plenty to, to uh, look forward to from them, the Galaxy Fold and also the Galaxy Note 10. Uh, and all within a couple of months, we're going to see them uh, both, hopefully. Uh, not sure how they're going to time it, whether the Note and the Fold are going to release at the same time, a month apart, month, you know, more than six months apart, we don't know. So, uh, But stay tuned to Tech Guide. We'll tell you the minute that we know. Moving on to the iPhone. And it's, uh, it's not hard to predict when Apple's going to launch a phone because it's every September they have a launch event. A couple of weeks after that, they have the, the phone goes on sale. Uh, nothing new this year uh, except for what we're going to get. Uh, and I think this has been probably the most heavily leaked device uh, that Apple's produced to date. Very hard for Apple to keep a secret nowadays. It's such a big supply chain and a lot of people involved in producing the device uh, all the way down to the case manufacturers who... They obviously want their cases to be accurate the day that it goes on launch, uh, goes on sale. So uh, they're the reason why I think we see so much information. They they want to get that right. The information we are seeing has again been pretty consistent, and we're going to see uh, the well, let's call it the iPhone 11 because, for want of a better word, we don't know what they're going to call it. Whether it's the 10, another letter, we don't know. Uh, but let's just call it the 11. Uh, I'll call it the 11s and the 11r. So the s being the premium model which will still have the 5.8 and 6.5-inch displays. And the 11R is your uh, middle-size middle, middle size 6.1-inch, slightly uh, uh, inferior in terms of screen size and uh, screen quality and also the camera. Uh, so that'll be the 6.1-inch t- uh, 11R. Uh, and what what is another consistent uh, rumour that we've seen and leaked images for months now is this square camera system on the back of the device on the 11s which is the top of the line models you're going to see three lens a three lens camera system as well as a little flash as well on the 11r you're going to see two lens system but again contained in that same black square in the top right hand top left hand corner of the back panel uh, so it, what this means is that the new iPhones, what's going to be new about them 
is the they're all going to get an extra lens. So the uh, three for the S and two for the R. From the front, the phones, if if these images are to be believed, looks exactly the same as the as the ten S and the ten R. So uh, got the notch and the same rounded edges and uh, looks pretty much identical. But until Apple officially unveils this, we're not going to know for sure. What we do know for sure, they'll definitely have an improved processor. Uh, we're hearing there's going to be a faster Face ID camera as well. So uh, expect to hear more in mid-September when Apple will hold their launch event. And we're expecting the device to go on sale in late September as well. Let's move on to Huawei. Now, we've already seen what I'm hoping we see released soon. We saw the Mate X, which is their version of the folding phone, back in February at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. In fact, I was one of the first journalists to get my hands on this device, and I remember uploading a video of that little experience, and it went nuts. It was uh, A lot of people were really keen to hear more about this device. And I've included that on Tech Guide again, but the uh, the Mate X is a folding device, uh, folds down. So there's a 6.6 inch display on the front uh, and a 6.38 inch screen on the back. Now the screen goes on the outside of the product, and so when you want to have the big screen, you fold it out, and then that. One becomes one big screen, which is eight inches, and it's a 4K screen as well that you got in your hand. So it goes from having, from being uh, in your hand, small enough to hold in one hand, to then expanded out to an eight-inch screen. It's going to be a 5G phone as well. I should also mention the Galaxy Note 10 uh, will also be a 5G device. I forgot to mention that earlier, but the Huawei Mate X, that too will be 5G, but we're expecting this to be, no, no indication of pricing yet, but I'll bet good money this is going to be the most expensive phone ever released in Australia. We're talking, I'm predicting this to be a $4,000 phone. It's going to be crazy. The Galaxy Fold, I think, is going to be a 3000 plus phone. Uh, this is going to be even more than that. While on Huawei, they're also due uh, the second half of the year is when they release their Mate phone. Earlier in the year, we saw the P, the P30 Pro, uh, and late last year, we saw the Mate 20 Pro. So going by that logic, we're going to see the Mate 30 Pro uh, in a few months, so probably late October, November launch date. Uh, it's going to have a 6.5-inch display, and these are rumours and speculation we've seen on uh, online. It'll have also a quad camera system with Leica lenses. You know, Huawei have got a relationship with Leica. Uh, but we're hearing that the lenses and the cameras are so good, not only will it take amazing photos, as they usually do, but you'll be able to shoot incredible video quality as well. That's something that's going to be emphasised with the Mate 30 Pro when it's released this year. Uh, the the renders and the, the screenshots that we've seen show a hole punch in the top left-hand corner for a dual camera to poke out of the screen, and it's or it's going to improve, if you can believe this, on its already efficient battery life. Like the Mate, the Mate 20, and the Mate and the P30 Pro, the battery lives on those two devices from Huawei are probably the best I've ever experienced with a smartphone. And Huawei is going to take that even further. We're hearing with the Mate 30 Pro. Lastly, we're going to talk about Google and its Pixel season again. We're expecting the Pixel 4 to be released in October. Now, you can remember a few months ago, they released the Pixel 3a. Uh, so that was their, their kind of mid-year phone. But the Pixel 4 is, I think, the one we're all waiting on. It's a very highly anticipated device. 
plenty of leaks as well for this one. Uh, the latest leak is a screen protector that shows a fairly big forehead on the screen. So no notch, so that, but there's a quite an amount of space above the screen to fit in the sensors, uh, front-facing cameras, the speakers, uh, and then the bottom of the chin of, is, is actually quite narrow and the, and the side bezels are quite thin as well. Uh, the other thing too that we notice is a very similar looking camera array on the back panel. Looks very much like the iPhone 11 uh, leaked image of the, its camera system. So a black square, top left-hand corner. Doesn't appear to be any fingerprint reader on the back, which leads me to believe it's going to have an in-screen fingerprint reader, as will the Mate 30 Pro, as will the Galaxy Note 10. Uh, so the only, the only phone without a fingerprint reader from what we've t- spoken about already is the iPhone, because that's going to have Face ID. But... The Google Pixel 4 will, of course, be the first to run the new Android Q operating system as well. That's usually how it works. Google's own phone obviously has their new operating system. So uh, the other thing we're hearing too is gesture control uh, on top of the in-screen fingerprint reader, but hand gesture control is also a feature that we've been hearing about as well that's going to be included with the new Google Pixel 4. There you have it, the phones we're expecting to see in the second half of 2019 from Apple, Samsung, Huawei and Google. And if you want to see the renders and the images for yourself, you know, where to do, you know what to do, head over to techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, whenever we post a story about the NBN on Tech Guide, it, it always gets a massive reaction. A lot of people are keen to hear more, and I think it's 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 not just curiosity, it's people keen to see how maybe their NBN connection can be improved, maybe they're not happy with their connection. I get so much feedback whenever I post a story, and this last one, the most recent, is uh, no exception. The story is that the NBN has actually achieved one gigabit per second speeds in a HFC demonstration. Now, HFC is short for hybrid fiber coaxial. Now, this is the cable that the NBN bought from Telstra. Now, anyone who had Telstra cable uh, and had their Foxtel connection through that cable, that is the cable I'm talking about, HFC. Now, you cast your mind back uh, about 18 months to two years ago when the NBN delayed the rollout of HFC-connected homes. The reason they did that was because they wanted to improve the actual connection. They wanted to test the technology that will make it as efficient uh, and as fast as possible. Uh, So because... As you know, 100 megabits per second is the top speed of the NBN at the moment. And there has been talk that down the track for fibre-connected homes, perhaps even fibre-to-the-curb-connected homes, and now HFC, the promise was that they had this speed in their back pocket that they could offer us down the track. So this bandwidth, this speed, is there, in which hopefully in a few years or sooner than that, that they'll be able to offer customers. Now, I know a lot of you listening to this right now are probably on the NBN, and barely getting speeds that you had before. 
there's plenty of reasons why that might be. You might be a fibre to the node customer. You might just have poor Wi-Fi in your house. We've written countless stories about why your speeds may be down. But there are some genuine cases out there that have connected to fibre to the node and are getting pretty poor speeds because there's a fairly lengthy run of copper from that node to their home. Well, in this instance, though, we're talking about HFC, and it, it does it does augur well for the NBN for them to achieve what they've achieved here. They've achieved speeds of up to one gigabit per second. This is a trial they held in Templestowe in Victoria in the home of an NBN customer, but they had a direct link between the home and the local point of interconnect. So this is a cable that's going to be used uh, for the two and a half million customers that are yet to be connected. So within the next 12 to 18 months, more than two and a half million homes and businesses are going to be connected using this technology, NBN HFC. Now, what's critical to this improvement is the introduction of a technology called DOCSIS 3.1. Now, this is a, a, a technology that obviously can provide these high speeds that was used in the demonstration so just to show that the capability over that cable the expanded spectrum on that cable will give the nbn the ability to support these higher speeds using the hfc connection box in your home the current one in your home the lab test trial also uh, showed upload speeds of 988 megabits per second so gigabyte down 988 up that's remarkable. That's more than enough for everyone. So good news that the NBN has this sort of muscle uh, when it comes to the speeds on this particular technology. And as I said earlier, they do have uh, the capability down the track of ramping up that speed on certain technologies. Some won't. I'm hoping that by the time that the NBN rollout is complete, they'll go back and try to patch up the fibre to the node patches of the NBN. They're the trouble spots. I've got the NBN, I've got fibre to the curb, and I haven't had a complaint. I've had great connection, consistent speeds. Even at night, I get high speeds. Uh, I get high upload speeds as well. I'm happy. I'm a happy customer. Whether I want even more than that, I don't know. But knowing it's there is really good. Now, for the customers who are struggling on those low speeds on on fibre to the node, they're the customers, I think, that need the most attention. They're the ones who are connected first, So, but I think they, they need to be the ones who are, they when we do the second run at the NBN, when we try to patch up those areas, as I said, I'm hoping that they could perhaps even use HFC in some of those areas. If not that, roll out more fibre. Get the fibre out there. Fix up those areas of the NBN that are letting us down. It's $51 billion network. You'd want to think for that kind of money, our money, our taxes, that it's going to be running as best as possible. You want to read more about the NBN and its one gigabit per second speeds? You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, some news uh, on the gaming front, and uh, we're talking the Xbox, the new Xbox One S. New one, coming out August the 1st, it's available for pre-order, it's 349 bucks, but there is one major difference. It is all digital. There are no discs, so look for a slot on this thing, there are none. This is an all digital edition. 
So it's kind of the last bastion of physical media we've reached here where games normally come on a disc. I know you can download them from the internet, but customers like the disc. They like to put the disc in, have that working. Uh, and we've already seen this kind of behavior when it comes to music. When's the last time you bought a CD? When's the last time you bought a DVD or a, or a Blu-ray? Or like, I'm still a big movie fan. I, I love having the physical media of a movie. I've got a big setup here with a 4K projector and a big screen, and nothing beats a 4K disc. Netflix 4K streaming, you name any 4K streaming, the stream playing 4K off a disc absolutely kicks that kicks Netflix ass. It's not as good. Uh, the bit rate is just superior with off a disc, and it's a repeatable experience. Any time of the day or night, no matter what's happening with your internet, it is going to work that way and look great each time. Netflix 4K is great, uh, but it does it is at the mercy of your connection, uh, as is as our other streaming systems and. Music is the same. No more discs for music. We're on Spotify or on Apple Music. And now we're seeing games are moving in this direction. There's already a lot of customers who have moved to digital anyway. They don't buy. They buy their games from the PlayStation Store or the Xbox, uh, the Xbox Live. They, they're already doing that. But here is a device to meet those customers' needs, an all-digital edition. And with the game, with the console, though, you're going to get bundled three of the most popular Xbox games, Minecraft, Forza Horizon 3, and Sea of Thieves. They're also going to offer the Xbox Game Pass, which offers members access to more than 100 games that are already online, with more being added every month. Now, the console, of course, is not just for gaming. It's an entertainment console. So you'll be able to view 4K HDR entertainment through Netflix and Amazon. So uh, that is not, it's not just for gamers. If you want to watch your shows and movies on Netflix and Amazon, you can do just that. The Xbox One S will have one terabyte of storage. There'll be three USB ports, an optical digital audio output, as well as an HDMI input and a HDMI output, and, of course, an Ethernet LAN port as well. So if you've got a cable, you physically connect it. Of course, it's going to have Wi-Fi on board as well. The discless version of the Xbox One S is available for pre-order now. It's 349 bucks. It's going to be go on sale at the Microsoft Store, JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman, on August the 1st. Looks just like the Xbox One S, except there's a little disc slot that's conspicuous by its absence. So all digital, no more discs. That's how games are moving as well. If you want to read more about that story, check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. That's the company that can protect you and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. 
we're kicking off our reviews this week with a product we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, but we, we only just got them. Uh, now we've had a couple of weeks to use them, and now we're going to give you our review. The, the Sony WF-1000XM3 noise-canceling earphones. Not headphones, earphones. Now, any of you who are aware of Sony's, uh, their 1000XM3 headphones will know just how good they are. The noise cancellation is fantastic. The audio quality is brilliant. So now imagine all that technology and all that quality shrunk down in an earphone. And these are, in my opinion, probably the best earphones Sony's ever made and probably the best earphones you can buy right now. That's how good they are. A uh, lot of technology they fit into these earphones. Each bud, and there's a photo of it on my story, is just shy of the size, the width of a 50-cent piece. Uh, they're, they're pretty small. They fit in your ear pretty snugly. They've got this tri-hold structure so that it actually uses that tri-hold structure to get three points of purchase in your ear to grip them. So rather than you having to stick the, the bud right in your ear to give you all of your security, the the, the, the holding in your, in your ear properly, it actually uses that tri-hold structure to grip the outside of your ear rather than holding on just by the, the bud that's jammed into your ear canal. I like that because it doesn't mean you, you, it's not like having your, your fingers in your ears and anyone who, can, who does that and who's walking along, you'll hear your footsteps in your head. You'll feel them in your head. If you know what I'm talking about, you don't get that with these earphones. They're very comfortable, ergonomically designed, so you can wear these for hours on end uh, and, and be satisfied. They're pretty cool. A lot, a lot of technology, as I said, that's fit in there, uh, including two microphones that can pick up all the uh, the outside ambient noise and then help generate that noise cancellation. But there's also uh, there's not only the two microphones, there's also the noise cancelling processor, as well as the digital sound enhancement engine that upscales your music. So it upscales your digital music, like MP3, to near high res audio quality. How's that? It's all inside that little earbud, and it's not even the width of a 50-cent coin. And very light, very comfortable, but sound great as well. So comfort, big tick. Audio quality, we'll get to in a minute, massive tick. The technology on board, another massive tick as well. Now, you can connect these earphones in a couple of ways. You can manually connect them. In other words, you... you take them out of the case, they're immediately in pairing mode, you look in your Bluetooth menu on your phone and pair them up. The other way you can do it is using the Sony headphone uh, companion app. So that comes with its advantages because it kind of steps you through the process, but what it also offers are adjustments through, uh, so you can adjust the ambient sound control. There are 20 stops of noise cancellation, so, so you can change those settings. There's also the adaptive sound control so that you can you can tick on in the app the ability for the earphones to change the ambient sound mode automatically based on your surroundings. So it's smart enough to know when you're standing on a train platform, running beside a busy road. And it's also smart enough to know when you're sitting on an aircraft or on a bus because it uses your location. So... 
it's smart enough to detect where you are, what you're doing. It'll know if you're moving in a certain direction, means you're on public transport or whatever you're doing. So it'll it'll flick on your ambient, your, your noise cancellation. If you're in one place and your location says Wynyard Station, it's going to think, well, hang on a minute. This user must might need to know where they are that they can hear the trains around them. So it's that smart. It's really impressive. The app also provides some presets as well for the equaliser. There's an equaliser built in so you can tweak the sound to suit your, your taste. And there's also some preset uh, equalisers as well that gives you the choice of either more treble or more bass. I opted for more bass, and it gave me just enough bass, I think, to be to be happy. I'm not, um, I like a decent dose of bass, but not too much. And this was just right. This was a really nice little bit of bass in there. And it boosted uh, the already great quality sound. Great sound quality, clarity, a lot of authority to the sound. Uh, and and I, I can't speak highly enough of the sound quality. Sony's heritage in sound is amazing. They've been working on audio quality since the Walkman days. Before other companies even existed, Sony was selling Walkmans faster than they could make them, uh, as fast as they could make them, because they just had this heritage of audio that just hasn't gone away. This is proof positive that that heritage is still there. The audio quality is absolutely superb. Now, the noise cancellation, as I said, excellent. And they also come in a case. So when when they're inside the case, they're charging. When they're on their own, uh, it'll, it'll run for about six hours. So if you've got a fully charged pair of earphones on, they'll run for up to six hours. Put them back in the case, you'll get three more charges. So another 18 hours of charge, so 24 hours of use altogether. I should also mention that each bud has its own Bluetooth connection so that you're getting a better quality of sound through the earphones. Also, too, the latency is super low. So if you're watching, if you're using your earphones, for example, uh, on uh, a, using watching a movie on a, on a tablet, you've paired your earphones to the tablet, that what you're watching and what you're hearing are the same. So the lip syncs and all the noises that from the movie that you're watching are going to be absolutely synced with that, thanks to that great low latency. So amazing right there. Uh, and that they're having the dual Bluetooth just gives you a more stable wireless connection as well. So there's an optimized antenna structure on board as well. Just yet another thing to fit inside there uh, that that makes these really cool. Now the case is it's kind of a mid-sized case. It's it's bigger than the uh, than the AirPods case, but it's a lot smaller than the Powerbeats Pro case. I've got a picture of all three there side by side. So this is kind of the one in the middle. Uh, it, it's the just right size, I think, as well. So uh, big tick there. It's also got a quick charge as well. How many? How often have you went to put your ear, earphones on and think, oh, there's no charge? If you just charge these for 10 minutes, you'll get 90 minutes of use. So if you want to go for a run or go to the gym, 10 minutes of charge, it'll give you plenty of time. 90 minutes is actually a fair bit. Now, the other thing, we've heard people, and I don't agree with this, but we have heard some other people and other reviewers say that the earphones aren't loud enough. I disagree. I think at the top level, they are quite adequate. Uh, and having the noise cancellation, which blocks out the outside noise anyway, that also helps with that volume as well. That volume requirement, uh, I think, is is just right. Again, not not... I don't agree with the other reviewers who've said that this they're not loud enough. Unless you want to absolutely blast your head off with heavy metal music, 
then maybe these aren't the ones for you. But for the 99% of every, or other users, these, I think, are perfect. They're, they're not too bad at all. The, the sound level, the top volume is fine. They do the trick. Uh, the device is uh, $399.95. So this is an investment. This is uh, 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 just like people buy a good pair of noise-canceling headphones, frequent travellers, people who just appreciate their music and the quality that they want to hear. This is an investment. Now, my next review is a product that can be used brilliantly with the Sony wireless noise-canceling earphones because a lot of people buy noise-canceling headphones for their for their plane, for, for travel. Uh, but these, these earphones, they don't come with a cable. You can't just plug them into the, into the system, the airline system. But our next product that we're reviewing solves that problem. I'll, I'll just leave that alone for now and just finish this review. They're three hundred and ninety nine ninety five, and as I said, stunning audio, amazing noise cancellation, best in its class. These would have to be the best earphones money can buy right now. If you want to read more about the Sony WF one thousand XM three wireless noise cancelling earphones, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. Now, a moment ago, I alluded to a product that can be used with the Sony. WF-1000XM3 earphones to use on plane. And when you think about it, noise-canceling earphones, there's no cable you can connect to the in-flight entertainment system. Like, you know, when you get headphones and, you know, you listen to them wirelessly when they're connected to your phone or your tablet or whatever, but when you're on a plane... There's a cable in the case, so you can plug a cable in, use plug them into an adapter, plug them into the entertainment system, and boom, you, you're listening to the in-flight entertainment system. But you can't do that with Bluetooth, with Bluetooth earphones, and well, Bluetooth headphones as well. To get rid of the cable, you need something. You need a transmitter to turn that connection, that port, the 3.5 millimeter port, into a Bluetooth connection. And the product that can do that is the RHA wireless flight adapter. Now, this is a remarkable little product. It can, when you're uh, on a plane and you want to listen to your, you want to watch the in-flight entertainment system, but you don't want to connect a cable. You want to stay wireless. Keep the cable clutter away. You're on a long trip. You want to be free. You plug the RHA. Now, the RHA, I should describe what it looks like. It looks like it's about the same size and shape as the Apple AirPods case. It is almost identical in size. It's black. Uh, There are two plugs that fold out from the back of the device. So there's, if you need the two plugs for airline, fold both of them out, plug both in. If you just want to use one, just the normal 3.5 mil connection, one of them, just pull one out. So the one on the left, that that can plug into any device that has a 3.5 mil headphone jack. I'm talking gaming, portable gaming consoles, a television, an iPod. I connected an iPod that's 10 years old, turned it into a Bluetooth wireless device using the RHA wireless flight adapter. The other scenario is in the gym. Who's ever gone to the gym with their AirPods or their wireless earphones and want to use the gym machine, but there's no cable to connect. 
Well, now with this wireless flight adapter, you simply plug the adapter into the 3.5mm jack and then connect. they're connecting Bluetooth to your, to your earphones. So it takes the audio signal from a 3.5mm device or the double in-flight socket and turns it into a hi-fi Bluetooth signal that you can pick up with your wireless headphones. This is a game changer, a really cool product uh, that is can be used in so many ways. Do not leave home without them if you're a frequent traveler and want to use your have that wireless freedom on the plane or wherever you are, whatever device you're using, with the RHA wireless flight adapter cables, thing of the past. Now, the other cool feature is is that it can remember up to eight headphones or earphones that it's recently connected to. So pairing them is really interesting as well. A lot of people say, how do you connect these? There's no screen. How do I know what device is near what and how does it work? Well, it's pretty simple. When you, you can place the RHA, the flight adapter, into pairing mode by pressing and holding the only button on the device, press it for three seconds, you'll see the light flash blue. They'll be flashing quickly. Now, if you whatever nearby headphones or earphones are in pairing mode, it will pair to that. So it's, it's, it's a proximity thing. So if you've got a, a pair of earphones that are right next to it in pairing mode as well, it's gonna, they're going to connect. And then you'll see the light turn solid white and you're and you connected. And it'll remember up to eight headphones that you've already connected. And the, as soon as you connect one, as soon as you turn on those headphones again and put this the flight adapter on as well, it'll pair, it'll remember it and connect straight away. Really cool. The other cool feature is you can pair two headphones at the same time. So you can share what you're watching. So you can have two headphones connected to the wireless adapter. So you might be on a plane, you might watch the same movie together. Or you might want to listen to the same podcast. You might be listening to this one. Or you want to listen to the same album. But it gives you that, ex- that, that the chance to share your sound, share that experience with another pair of wireless headphones. Uh, another cool, cool feature. really like it. And you're also getting, I've got to say, the quality out of this is fantastic. You're getting APTX codec. So that's a pretty high-quality Bluetooth connection to give you CD-quality audio. You're also getting the APTX low latency, which, as I mentioned with the Sony earphones, is optimized for audio sync. So whatever you're watching, the lips will sync, everything will sync in time uh, through that wireless connection. So you're not going to get any any lag at all. The low latency really does the trick. This is a pretty impressive product. It's only $49 US. Uh, I've got a link on Tech Guide. You can buy it through Amazon, but uh, and a must for any frequent traveller. Uh, if you want to keep that wireless freedom going, even though you're on a plane and you want to watch the in-flight entertainment system, you can use products like the Sony uh, noise cancelling earphones on the plane. Uh, with the thanks with thanks to this device, the RHA wireless flight adapter. A truly remarkable product that does solve a lot of problems and keeps us wireless. Forget those cables, even those older products, even the gym equipment, you can operate them wirelessly as well. My old iPod, check that picture out on my story. The old iPod, I was listening to it wirelessly thanks to the RHA wireless flight adapter. If you want to hear more about that story, read our review at techguide.com.au.
Next up, another cool device that we got our hands on. It's uh, from a company called Minix, M-I-N-I-X. Now, it's the Neo, uh, and no Matrix references here, the Minix Neo. It's kind of two products in one. It's a USB-C hub. So imagine those products, and, and I've got to mention, this is built for or designed for the Apple MacBooks, so MacBook Air, MacBook Pro. Uh, it's got a the actual hub itself, which has a HDMI port, a USB-C port, and two USB uh, 3 ports, and it's got a cable coming out the end of it, which is USB-C. So anyone who uses, uses a MacBook, uh, you know there's only USB-C ports, plug in the Minix Neo, and then suddenly you've got a HDMI another USB-C, and two USB-3 ports. But that ain't all there is to this. It is also a storage drive. So imagine having an SSD drive, so a solid-state drive, and a USB hub in one. There are two memory capacities, 240 gig and 120 gig. Now, the unit is 11.5 centimetres long, 4.35 centimetres wide, and just 1.1 centimetres thick so not too much bigger than a normal usb hub but you're getting the added feature of having memory as well so when it's plugged into your macbook you can drag and drop data because you've got storage and you can also use it to connect monitors to connect peripherals whatever you need you have a thumb drive whatever you need you can connect through it as well so it really gives you a lot of freedom not only the connectivity but also that storage as well uh, and the 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 USB C port on the on the on the USB hub can not only deliver data, but it also delivers a power pass through as well. Uh, it's not a HDMI port though, so the USB C is not it's not sorry it's not a Thunderbolt three port, so you can't connect a monitor through Thunderbolt, but the HDMI port can come to the rescue and can handle connecting a four K external display to your MacBook through that as well. So really handy. So you're also getting, so the USB-C storage hub, fast SSD storage, the 120 gig version supports up to 350 megabytes a second read-write speeds. The 240 gig ups it even further to 400 megabytes per second read and write speeds. So very impressive right there. So uh, if you, for, for saving your data, reading and writing your data. Uh, this device is available. Uh, the the one the two forty gig is a hundred dollars US, and the one twenty gig is is eighty dollars US. They're available also through through Amazon. There's also a link to the Minix site, but I understand Canome, which is C A N O H M, are distributors of this product in Australia. Uh, I received this product directly from Minix, and then Canome got in touch and said, "How did you get hold of that?" And I told them that that it was sent directly to me, and they explained that they actually uh, distribute it in Australia as well. So keep an eye out on that. Oh, I haven't seen this in stores. It's a brand new product, so probably going to come in store soon. But if you need it urgently, you can purchase it through Amazon as well for those prices that I quoted. The Minix SSD Hub, uh, it's a cracker. It's two products in one, a USB hub as well as a storage, an SSD drive as well. Well worth looking at. You want to read more about that? Check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, you upgrade your smartphone and your TV and your laptop, but when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? It's probably been a while. Well, the future of Wi-Fi is here. It's time to welcome Wi-Fi 6. If you watch your shows on services like Netflix, you need the newest line of high-performance routers from Netgear. It's like giving your streaming the VIP treatment. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your home. You get four times the capacity compared to today's Wi-Fi, which means you can connect more devices and stream simultaneously without impacting Wi-Fi speed and reliability. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more. So what you need is high-performance Wi-Fi that can keep up with you and your entire family. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Quick one on the Tech Guide Help Desk. I was contacted by a, uh, a couple. The man contacted me asking about having a joint email account. He and his wife have had a joint email account. They quite like it. They're, they're thinking of getting the NBN and they uh, don't want to, they, they wanted an email that would be joint, but also uh, not related to a major ISP. Um, several options here. Uh, I did point out that Gmail is a good option there. If you get a Gmail suite, there's a lot of shared shared mailboxes are kind of on the pro side of like of uh, you, uh, applications like Outlook uh, and Gmail. If you've got a G Suite account, you can have a shared email account so that uh, you can, if someone you don't have to delete the email or if one person decides to delete the email it'll still be there for someone else to look at so that's the whole idea of the shared email setup that that was kind of his his main his main goal there so outlook has a shared uh, mailbox for two or more people of course and so does gmail through their g suite services so that might just come at a small cost per month having a gmail account a, a g suite uh, account for your gmail joint email with your wife and your husband that is married bliss right there you're listening to tech guide And that's all we've got for you this week. Full-time siren has sounded. Everything we've talked about, of course, on the show, you can read at length at techguide.com.au. And if you want to be part of the show, record us a question. Click on the record icon in the middle of the Tech Guide site. If you've got a burning question you want to get off your chest, record it and send it to me. It's easy to do it. Just one click and you can be recording your question in your voice. I will play that question on the Tech Guide podcast and then answer it on the program as well. You'll be part of the show. If you want to send us an email, we accept those as well. Info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Support the companies that sponsor us, that support us, Netgear and Norton. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.